When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of Morning Drive Media. Broadcasting from beautiful Burbank, California, this is the Three Things on the Knapsack Files podcast feed. Hey everybody, I'm Ken Knapsack and welcome to the Knapsack Files. Thank you for listening. Thank you for gathering around. Gather around, ye people. We got ourselves a very fun show. God, I hope so. Otherwise, I just just lied to you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, just me this week, three things. It's the three things on my mind. That's the concept of the show. That's what we do. Three things going on inside my brain, and I share it with you. I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but I guess I'm like John Lennon and Paul McCartney. Hey, everybody. So I'm in the middle of a move. And if you've listened to a lot of the shows I'm on, and let's be honest, there's a lot. Thank you for listening to uh, as many shows as you can and for the support. I know it's a lot. But I've been saying a lot. I'm in the middle of a move. Uh, Girlfriend and I, Grace, the wonderful Grace Hancock, um, we've moved in together, which is amazing. That's amazing, right? That's like the wonderful next step in a relationship. And um, it's... it's, uh, it's so interesting because that, which is an amazing thing, the next step in this relationship, right? Something big. We haven't, we both, I don't think we've had time to really deal with that because we're moving into a new house. Uh, that is, uh, it's going to help us financially. It's going to help us, uh, you know, uh, just location wise. A lot of positive things. But it was a sudden move. Like this was one of those things where it was like, yeah, okay, we'll talk about it. Uh, we should. We probably need to do this. Life is pushing us in this direction. Let's take this leap. This is awesome. Tell you what, if we find a place, and like the first place we found, we, we liked it, like the landlord, like the situation. It's a nice classic old house built in 1920. 1920. 1920, I say. And uh, we're, we're in that process. And so it's, she moved first. I'm in the process of moving. So I'm still recording at my old studio, which is half here and half my life is there. It's kind of chaotic. So I don't want these episodes to feel hurried and harried, but that's where I am. And in the past, during the Napsack Files, yeah, I've moved a couple times. I've been in LA in 20 years. I've moved about six, seven times, but moved two years ago to this place where I am now. And I got philosophical with the move. And I think it's easy to do that. And you should do that with moves. It's new chapters. It's a new life. And we talked a lot about back then about the new normal and, and you, the importance of finding your dry cleaner and what that does to your life. It changes everything. Your life becomes as a new center. And, and this time around, I've mentioned, especially on the Patreon shows, the Patreon-only shows, I don't really need to do that this time. This is a bigger chapter romantically and financially, a lot of things. But... but uh, I'm in the same area. I'm keeping my dry cleaner. So it's a different kind of move. So I'm approaching things in a different way. And this episode of The Three Things, the 41st episode 
about the three things, uh, mind you. It's about a once every month uh, and a half show here. Um, here's the three things on my mind. Number three is neighbors. Neighbors. This has been on my mind because anytime you move or anytime your neighbor moves out and a new neighbor moves in, it creates an interesting bit of stress. And I, I think it's one we don't acknowledge enough. Your neighbors are going to be key to you uh, at some point. They're either going to make your life neutral, which is probably, I think, the best case scenario, or they're going to make it great. Maybe you become friends with your neighbors. I don't know. I, I don't recall that specifically ever happening with me. Um, I'm not that friendly, though. Or in the case of a national emergency or alien invasion, you're going to need your neighbors. I always marvel at that. I'm in an apartment complex now. I've been in one for a few years, a previous one over in Studio City. Lived in a couple of my first few years in L.A. and about six years in a house in Northridge. When you're in apartment complexes, even more important. I've always been in generally like medium-sized apartment complexes. Early on, maybe a little bit larger, but medium-sized where you, you, t- you kind of know who's around you. I'm in a small one now, which I like, 20 units or so. But it's so weird. They'll, they'll, you don't know. You, 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 you find a place to live, and you're like, this is great. I could poop here. Let's do it. I could live, a, live my life here. I love it. My, uh, there's a target close to me. Let's do it. But you don't, like, you don't get a chance to interview your neighbors. And it's, oh, it slowly happens. You're moving in. You get first couple boxes come in, and so you, you see a neighbor, and they're kind of like, eh. Always try to be friendly. Now, I am not outgoing. But I'll give it, hey, how are you? And we'll see where that we'll see where that goes. When I moved in here where I am now, there's a few people that emerged as real friendly. Let me get that door for you while I'm holding the box. Other people, eh, almost slamming the door in my face while I'm trying to get a box of pots and pans in, you know? And either you get good ones, you're like, especially in an apartment complex, if you're on the bottom level, you're like, oh, who's above me? Please, please, Lord, please, baby Jesus. Please, please, let it be someone soft with soft feet. No kids, no barking dogs. I get it. I get it. You got to be careful. It's going to dominate your life if it's wrong. And then once I'm settled, I find that I ignore my neighbors. Again, I, I'm not saying I'm, I'm totally like this rude person, but it's like I think generally we're all like, eh, you know, I'm not in a small cabin in the woods. I'm not the Unabomber, but leave me alone. You're quiet enough. I'm quiet enough. No one's knocking on the doors to borrow sugar anymore. Let's do it. But I find it, I find it really interesting. that These are the people that you might bond with or need to bond with or need the help of quickly in a national emergency. Some kind of natural disaster. Earthquakes here in Los Angeles. I have very fortunate, I'm going to knock on, well, this isn't quite wood, it's from Ikea. I'm going to knock on this table because we experience earthquakes here. We had a recent rash of them, but fortunately, they're not centralized here to where we are in, in, in the greater Los Angeles area. A uh, small town was severely affected, let's not forget them, but nothing's fallen down, you know? I don't have to go running out three in the morning in my underpants looking for help. But in 94, the Northridge quake, uh, my uncle was living out here at the time and his family, they, they did have to deal with that. Your life is on the lawn. Now, I think in a house, you have a better chance of 
you know, you need to know your neighbors. It's more of a thing, um, just general day to day. But then it becomes even more important, I think, an earthquake or something like that, tornado, whatever you are, flood, I don't know. And I always just marvel at the fact that we will ignore our neighbors, but these might be the people that are hearing your cries for help or you're helping them and you're immediately bonded. It's a weird thing. But it generally works out, right? I think. I don't know. In this new place, it's been on my mind because now I'm back at a house. When I was in my house in Northridge, six years or so there, and we had to the south of us. This is roommate, my two roommates and I moved in. South of us at the time, we moved in. Quiet old lady, quiet old husband. I think he did pass, unfortunately, at one point, and she was by herself. Very quiet. I think we spoke to him once. I think one time I had a friend go to the wrong door during my sketch writing days with the ground lead said, and when I was training there, one of my uh, ground lead friends went to the wrong door and I had to like go, oh, hey, no, wrong place. Come on over. And I spoke to her there. That was it. Six years. That was it. But the house next door to the north of us rotated a little bit. And then the worst case scenario happened. Now, we were young, probably late 20s at this time here, uh, my roommates and I, but Younger folks moved in. Get off my lawn. Like early 20s, out of college. Yay, we're getting a house. They got a house. And within the first couple of weeks, there was a couple parties. One, an all-out brawl started in their house, built out into their yard and into our yard. And we, our cars generally, my roommates and our cars were parked out front. And I had the room facing the front yard. And it's like, hey, not too late. 11.30, 11.45 range on like a Friday night. And I hear this rustling and a tumbling in our bushes in front of me. And I pop out, you know, and you, you run through your right. Like, do I call the cops or do I go out and join? And whose side am I choosing? So I, I grab my phone, my cell phone, a lot bulkier back in those days. So it could have been a weapon. Um... I think I grabbed some pepper spray or something that I had from the job, and I popped outside. And by this, the fight spilled off, spilled out into the street, and cars started sped, speeding away. Everyone started getting back in the house, and I was like, "Is everyone okay? Do we need what do we?" And no one would talk to me. And then, as quick as it started, it was over. I'm thinking, "Oh, this is horrible, horrible situation. Worst case scenario." And a couple weeks, and now me and my roommates, time we're. I'll say slightly passive people, passively aggressive if we needed to be, passive, passively nice the most of the other times. So we didn't do like a knock on the door, like, hey, what the F's going on? You know, we didn't do that. We just kind of like see how this happens again. More stuff happening. Again. Not fights, nothing that big, nothing that dangerous, but like more loud noises. A lot of, you know, good sized fence, about a six foot tall fence, concrete that we could look over. Uh, parties. So we, we, we kind of let it be. And then, um, didn't deal with it. And we told, we told our landlords, they're like, well, we don't really know who owns that house, but landlord, you know, we don't know who to complain to. So I guess any problems call the police. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's fair enough. We don't want, you know, you don't want to do that to your neighbors. You don't necessarily want to do that because again, again, earthquake hits, we need help. And they're over there. Like you called the cops on us. We're not helping you. You don't want that. I'll never get one day. Saturday afternoon, I think we're grilling in the backyard, my roommates and I, having some fun, quiet fun, respectful fun. My roommate, Joel, who's uh, taller than I am, 6'2", strong, strapping Canadian lad, 
just kind of goes over the fence. I think uh, a Nerf football we were tossing around or something. Something went over close to the fence. And, he, and I hear him go like, oh, my mom, look at this. We go out there. And I'm a little shorter again, so I do a little boost. Uh, give me a boost. We go over the fence. Average size backyard. I don't know the square footage. Average size backyard with a detached garage like ours, surrounded by fence, garage, and wall on all sides in the house. I'm not kidding. Almost every square foot of that backyard was a discarded beer can. It was almost a piece of art. You look around like, what is happening over here? This has to be intentional. Is this some kind of pop art? They're trying to take this to Venice or Santa Monica? It was amazing. And all the grass had already died. The previous neighbors, uh, not much of a problem. Uh, they had a fully functional yard. We knew because one point we did toss a Nerf football over and had to do the old, uh, hey, Mystic, can we have our bowl back? So they destroyed everything, destroyed the yard. It was a mess. It's outrageous. And they stayed there until we, we ended up moving first. Well, luckily, no one got hurt. I'm terrified of that kind of stuff. So flash forward to now, I'm in a house again. And I'm making that decision. Do I, I don't know what you all do. I want to know. What do you do? What do you do? Reach out to me on Twitter. Use the hashtag, what do you know? Use the hashtag, the Napster Files. Are you nice to your neighbors? My friend Roger, I go to his house a lot for barbecues and fun stuff. And he's got neighbors. He's like, oh, that's my neighbor. Yeah, I talked to him a lot. Oh, he did this and this. Oh, my neighbor over here's a cool guy. He's come over, have some beers. I'm like, what? I don't know. I can't. I wish I could do that. I don't want a lot of people at my house. Again, I'm a loner. But he's just, he's just, it's so easy for him. He's similar to me. He's not tremendously outgoing. Comic, you know, loves to entertain, but got a good career, but... Yeah, I wouldn't say he's walks in the room and he's immediate life of the life of the party like like I am. I'm still amazed. Like oh, you talk to your neighbors, so I'm like I've got to make this decision in the new place. Do I see the neighbors and go, "Howdy, neighbor! Would you like a fruit cake?" I say to myself, "I'm going to do that minus the fruit cake. We're going to do that. We're going to be nice. We're going to be nice." So over the course of moving in a couple times, lugging boxes in and then got the garage door open. A couple of those things. Uh, I see the neighbors on either side at, at, at different times. And that little voice in my head says, hey, here, here you go. Here's your neighbors. Give it a howdy neighbor. Say the words. The words started to form in my, in my throat there. Howdy, neighbor. No. I get suddenly really diabolical. I was like, let's see what they do. What kind of neighbors are they? The neighbors to the south? Good family. Two-story house. Big truck. They go to the lake. That type of family. No judgment. I just don't like lakes. They look at me. Study me. I think judge my car. And walk back into their house. Okay. I see how it's going to be. Good luck in the earthquakes, friends. But to the, to the north, this house is more, it's right up. We got like a little, it's closer to us, you know? We're right there. So I'm like, all right. Let's see. A week goes by. I don't see them at all. Don't see them at all. And it's a family. I don't know. It's like it's like an older married couple. So maybe there's some adult children and some grandchildren involved. I don't know. Not particularly loud. Like a pool and a pool house in the back. But like... 
You don't hear from, you don't hear him. Ah, the opportunity arises. But now there's a complication. Between their house and my house, they've got a lot of discarded like shrubbery, a lot of major yard work done, like palm tree type of mess there. It's all there, and they were supposed to get it out according to our landlord, but they haven't. It's all sitting there. Dried up, fire hazard. I want this stuff gone. So now I'm back in my head. I see them. I see, I don't know exactly who lives there, but I see various versions of whoever's in that house. There. And a couple of times, eye contact has been made. And I've held back my greeting. Now, I've given him a head nod. Hey. One of those. Hey. I'll do it again. Hey. But, nope. No response from them. Not even a wave back. So now I'm pissed. Now I'm pissed because you've got a fire hazard next to my house. And I want them to take care of it. I don't want to start our neighbor relationship with a call to the proper authorities, the gardening police. I wouldn't bog down the actual police with it for the record. No, no, I need to know what to do. I'm thinking to myself, good luck in the earthquake, friends. I'm by myself. We're on an island. I haven't connected with my neighbors yet. That's the third thing on my mind this week. It's a big one. I'll keep you updated. Maybe, flash forward a couple months, we're all over in the backyard having beers and fruitcake. Number two, spiders. Oh, spiders. Talked about this on the the afternoons of Josh and Ken. I think Grace has talked about it on uh, Grace and Alicia Have Lives. Uh, We have moved into a house that apparently uh, the spiders like. Now, I live in the Burbank area. There is a problem in Burbank. There is a reputation Burbank has for black widows. And they're fine. I, 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 just, I just don't want to be bitten by a black widow. Who does? Who walks around going, yeah, it'd be fun today. Black widow bite. No, no, no. Brown recluses are out there, but you hear some people say, yeah, Southern California doesn't really have them. I know well, at least one person in my life, an uh, old friend of mine from my old job, did suffer a pretty serious recluse-related bite. Still cause problems. So you can throw all your f- facts and science at me. Well, the brown recluse uh, actually lives closer to El Paso, Texas. No, I don't trust. I don't trust some of the things, some of the spiders I've seen. I don't, I don't believe I am afraid of spiders. I guess I'm just tremendously cautious laced with fear (laughs) but it's weird I don't know at what point the spiders of the world started getting bad reputations well probably because in other parts of the world depending on where you are and you might be listening right now and experiencing this problem spiders are supersized camel spiders in the Middle East I've seen pictures of those no thank you I've had friends served in the military over there Iraq and everything telling me stories. Oh, the things you'd see out there. Oh, the spiders. Oh, the camel spiders. Yep, no thank you. No thank you. Australia, I get it. The spiders there are so big, they drive cars. Understood. Florida. Anyway, you got got cockroaches in New York and Florida that will, you know, (laughs) steal your bread. They're so big. I don't know. I don't know. 
have a problem with bugs over a bug, just a general bug. Oh, look at this little bug. I'm fine. I got no problem with that. But spiders, they just, at one point in all of our collective lives, start getting a bad reputation. They need a better PR team. Plain and simple. They're creepy, I guess. But when do they, when does that kick in? When does that kick in as a kid? I think, too, it's because they're, they suddenly appear. Ants, all right, you got an ant trail, no one likes that. You know, grasshopper flopping around, they can get kind of cantankerous, it's fine. A moth, mosquito, hey, you know, bees, keep the bees alive, we need bees. Yellow jackets, hornets, wasps, not my favorite, little, I don't want to get deal with them, but I, don't, I try not, like, we have a deal, me and the yellow jackets and the hornets and the wasps I see. I won't try to kill you if you just stay out of my house or my life in general. I, over the time, that's worked pretty well, I got no problem with that. Spiders, though, even though I don't go around saying I'm afraid of spiders, I can deal with them. You know, good hobo spider, I think they're called, a little house spider. I'll trap it. I'll send it outside. All right, little buddy, you go live your life. Do your thing. I ain't no problem with that. But I think it is as a kid when you first learn at one point, oh, there's black widows. What's, what's that? What, what? What's a black widow? Oh, it's the deadliest spider in the world, which, you know, there's more deadly ones. But what, what, do, you, what, what do you mean? It's, it's a killer, the Black Widow, and it looks like this shiny black with the red hourglass. Look, I, I'm not here to get a, in a debate over the origins of the world. I do believe a lot of the science behind it, but I think at the end of the day, uh, you know, God had an iPad out and just did some creating, all right? I think it's all the same answer. Fight me later, or agree with me, I don't care. But there's wonderful marvels of creation. You can come out the tunnel going into Yosemite, the valley floor, and see what you see in front of you and think, there is a God and he has created this land. She is created, doesn't matter to me. But when I see a black widow, I think, oh, Oh, there is a God. He uh, he or she or they have created this and given us a warning. And then there's probably Satan because Satan's like, hey, do you mind this spider? I'm submitting this design. All right, we'll give you that one. It's freaky. It's creepy. And I think the moment that clicks in as a child, I can't remember when the first time I learned Beware of the Black Widow. It just permeates every other interaction and thought and feeling you have towards spiders. I I just, I think that's it. It's the Black Widow. Blame the Black Widow. I got a a lot of them around our house. Burbank, I don't know what it is. They just love, love to live around here. And when you got little dogs, you got to be worried about it there. And look, I, I don't think black widows, I think generally all spiders, they don't want to, uh, you know, they don't go after their prey. They, you come to them. Their webs are all crazy, you know, there's another warning sign. So I'm not, I don't go around seeking, but you can't have them. You can't have them around. Kids, little dogs, any dog for that matter. I wouldn't want to take my chances. And myself. My girlfriend, I don't want to deal with him. So I don't want to kill these things, but I got to. And a weird thing takes over. 
I do this kind of like, well, I'll look at it, and I grab the little spray bottle. I'm like, is this going to, are we going to, are we going to, do you mind if you just, uh, maybe you go away. And I look, and then suddenly I'm like, no. And I just spray it. I spray it like a madman, like I'm evil. I've turned heel. Burn. Die. And I'm like, that's got to spread around the spider kingdom. I was like, haven't I saved up another, enough goodwill? Isn't there some memo? You know, Ken's, uh, Ken's uh, partial to uh, uh, getting spiders and putting them in jars and uh, putting them out safely in the yard where they can live happy, uh, healthy lives. There's nothing in that memo? Or did the Black Widows just not get that memo? Walked out the other night and there was a giant quarter-sized spider, not joking, with a beautiful, intricate web connected to my car and the pine tree above my car. We're talking seven feet between my car, the top of it, and the nearest pine tree branch, and then the ground below it, the garden. That's how big the web was. Now, the web itself wasn't seven feet, maybe, but, but no joke, about two feet in diameter. But the, uh, what do they call them, the, the guide beams of webs <laughs> connected, and... I didn't want to kill this thing. It was a big white spider, like wolf kind of. And I, uh, I know there's like wolf spiders. I, 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 it just, it had like a weird, never seen it before. And I walked right up to it. I looked at it, you know, I don't want to mess with it, but it's like, what are you? It didn't react to me. So I, I went to my car, went to the other side and I got what I needed out of my car and I went back inside. And then I sat on the couch five minutes I'm thinking that guy, he, in the morning, he'll be gone. And hopefully he'll, he'll go back into the tree or the bushes where it was at and, and, and kind of, that'll be it, right? That'll, we'll be all right. We'll be all right. Yeah, we're good. And I was like, I can't, I can't do that. What if it gets in my car? What if I open up my car in the morning and it's like in there like with a donut and coffee? Can't do it. Told the story in an upcoming episode you hear in the afternoons with Josh and Ken, so I don't want to remix it completely, but I did say I did take action against the spider and it and it and it went up back up to the pine trees. And as I record this now, I'm like, I don't know if we'll meet again. But I want to be nice to these spiders. I want to be nice. And that's why it's the number two thing on my mind. Number one, it's comedy. Stand-up comedy. I am making a return back to comedy. Now, there's no trumpets heralding my return. This isn't going to be some seven-day-a-week. I'm not having a Netflix special uh, anytime soon, if, if at all. Who knows? Why limit? I'm not limiting myself, all right? Life coaches, I'm not limiting myself. I'm just, I have decided after doing the last year of special shows with Mark Ellis that and finding some success because I found a comfortable audiences to perform in, which is like a great soft landing for this leap of faith, but also a new style, new approach to the way I go about stand-up comedy. I could never unlock it. All the years I did it, could never unlock the best way to do it, which is part of it. You have to find your voice. You have to find what you want to say. And I still think I got a ways to go, but I got an approach. I got a style. And I've changed that before, but this one 
it isn't just, quote, working. It's just flowing easily. And if you've seen some of my performances uh, with Mark Ellis or Josh McCuga or everything, thank you. Thank you for your support. Your warm laughter has made this decision possible and plausible and realistic and fun. I'm excited. I'm going to be doing some shows in front of some audiences that don't know me. It makes a difference. When they say, and now, uh, the guy you watched on Schmoes for years, Ken Napsuck, and the people in the crowd go, yay, we know you. It's, it's like being around friends. It means a lot, number one. But two, it's, just, it's a little easier. Not that I can not, you know, not that I, I can't do any wrong. Uh, yes, I can do wrong. And I've had that. In San Francisco, I had a great opening 20 minutes hosting the show. I killed. Oh, baby, I killed. And then... Then I uh, I came back out to bring up the next comic, and I did about two minutes. And, oh, I did not kill. It was the opposite of kill. I I just murdered the audience. It, was like, it was, wasn't like I killed the, yeah, I was just like, no, you're all dead now. You're not laughing. So I can go wrong. So I'm nervous. I'm scared. But it's exciting. And one of the things is, I think it is the age and the time in my life where I now have some stories to tell. Comedy does come from pain and self-loathing and, and failure. And the concept of, you know, don't, don't punch down, punch up. I, I agree with that in general. I think a lot of things can be funny if you, if, if you, you know, give it a chance. But I'm not a controversial comic. Occasionally say things in the podcast uh, or the afternoons or something that get people riled. But if you're offended by something I say, Fair. But I encourage you to take a moment because I'm not that. But I've, I've said some stupid things on stage before. And I have. Times have changed. But, you know, you try to be. I was never trying to be edgy, but as a comic, you feel like you, you wear this like, well, we can say anything vibe. And I don't think that's necessarily right. You should be able to try to say it, but you also have to be aware, especially in this day and age. Um, a lot of famous flameouts on stage. I've seen a few of them. So I'm excited, though. I'm excited because I think it is the season of my life to not just get back into stand-up comedy, but to look at it in a different way. Uh, years ago when I started comedy, stand-up comedy, I was coming out of my sketch comedy era, which who knows might, be, might return too. And my time at the uh, in the ground lease training program uh, came to an end. And and if you've listened to me before, you've heard the story over the years. But for new voices, my friends, uh, my friends Peter Sprite and Brian Keith Etheridge, both in the same uh, advanced class, the ground lease with me, accomplished stand ups, uh, accomplished writers. Brian Keith Etheridge went on to be a writer and producer for a lot of uh, network television shows. Everything. Uh, Peter's been a successful comic uh, for years and character actor. And uh, they both pulled me aside separately and together. And said, you know, your time here is ending. You can do more sketch. You should do more sketch. But I think we think you'd be good at stand-up comedy. I always wanted to be good at stand-up comedy. It's one of my early preteen memories when you're, you know, you're kind of hitting that adult age and you're, you're looking at the world and you're being entertained by things that aren't, uh, you know, cart- cuddly cartoons and, and the whatnot. Only, you know, years later, you'd start a podcast about the cuddly cartoons. 
my dad used to sit down. He loved stand-up. And we used to watch Comic Strip Live on Fox, Gary Kroger, and uh, Wayne Cotter. Was is that his name? Used to host. And I'd watch them all, man. It's fun. So I just have warm memories of that. My dad laughing and me listening to things that maybe I shouldn't be hearing at the time and funny things and things I didn't like. Big fan of Dennis Wolfberg back then, late comic. He passed away of cancer in the 90s, but he was in that time period. One of my favorites. And I um, I was wanted to be good, but I was afraid of it. Stand-up comedy is intimidating. It's really intimidating. You are exposed. It is one of the boldest, nakedest things you could do as a performer. There's no wall. And unlike sketch comedy, which is warm, improv, warm, we've come to watch your improv show and know that you have no script and you're going to do some light improv comedy and we're going to throw you a situation or a job or an emotion and you're going to do a little three-minute scene and we're going to clap. It doesn't mean improv or sketch is easy. It's not. But I have always found those audiences to be very supportive. Stand up after my first show, which was very supportive in front of friends and family and, and strangers. But, you know, the whole vibe of that show was, uh, was very supportive. From then on, it always is some sort of war. Comedy is war when you're on that stand up stage. And I'd win some, but I lost some. I didn't know how to say it. And when I got started, Peter and Brian got me in. And then my director, the Groundlings at the time, my advanced class, Karen Mariama, heard. She says, I think that's great. I want to hear what you have to say. And I was like, that's, that's the key to stand-up. She's like, yeah, I want to hear what you, I want to hear what you have to say about things. Oh, that's it. I thought I unlocked it. So I, I did. And, 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 and I had a set and it was good. But then along the way, you lose it because not everything. You don't know your voice. You haven't found your voice. You haven't found what you want to say. Some find it earlier. And I was always in awe of those that did. And without a doubt, envious. Not envious necessarily of their success. Oh, sure. Comedy, like a lot of things, is... I could, t- I could, you could bring up Netflix right now and I could see some people with specials on there and go, eh, yeah, all right. Not that they're not funny, but just like, yeah, yeah, okay. But I don't fault them for their hard work. I don't fault them for the chances they took. I fault myself for not taking those chances and, and, and putting it in comedy, putting the, putting the work into comedy. I couldn't find it. I was always afraid. Now I'm not as afraid. Now I think I know what I want to say. That is what's been on my mind. Neighbors, spiders, and comedy. It's a fun week here on the Knapsack Files. Thank you all for your support. And uh, in particular, my Patreon producers at the top level. David Hamm, Thomas Risling. Listen to him with me on Casually Talk as well. Lethal, Logan X, Matthew Simon, Bador, Matt Thompson, Tamor, and Abdul, Donald Long, Nathan Ovendale, who sent me a great housewarming gift to uh, my uh, professional mailbox, which is 3727 West Magnolia Boulevard, Box 728, Burbank, California, 91505. You can go to my website to get it uh, in case you missed it. And then Zach Anderson, who is also starting his stand-up comedy career out in Wisconsin. 
And uh, because he is a producer at this level on Patreon, I've been uh, consulting with him, coaching with him. Uh, Got some more notes coming, Zach, and he's doing uh, great stuff out there. I'm really proud of him. Uh, These are my top tier supporters uh, over at patreon.com slash KenNapsock. And I don't talk about it as much here, but if you want to support, check it out. Find out what's there for you. It's not just about some kind of donation. It is a subscription service in a way. You get every show here publicly for free, but I, I put a lot of work into what goes on on Patreon. You get into our Discord community. You got a monthly radio show that I do with music. Uh, you got a, a monthly uh, podcast, a bonus podcast. You get a weekly five-minute bonus podcast, which often goes more. Um, I, I do test pilot shows there. I do a monthly writing. I put a lot of work into it. It is not just a dormant thing. You invest in that, you're investing in me and my shows, and that means a lot. I, I want to take a special moment uh, to thank uh, all these executive uh, producer uh, supporters. I guess I said producer, but they are the executive producer level. Uh, and also a little housekeeping there. You can go to KenNapsock.com for information on where to buy my book, Why We Love Star Wars. The audio book is forthcoming. I have finished recording that. It was a process. It's been great. And bluntly... Uh, the book, uh, I'm so happy with the book and so, so happy it's out and the response has been great from a lot, a lot of you, most of you, all of you. Um, but there's been a, there's a couple of mistakes. There's two little Star Wars factual errors that I, to be honest, it sounds I, I knew, but they slipped through the, 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 my fingers and they're in the book and it drives me crazy. One right in the beginning, I'm like, I've lost sleep over it. And then some words got dropped here. Copy editing's, uh, I, I, it's not, I didn't handle the copy editing, but some things slipped past. Some sentences, I write in a very weird way. I write in the, as you speak, I write speeches more than I write prose or narrative or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, and uh, so you guys have all been supportive, but there's little things. I'm like, oh, if I could change that. Well, I because of the way this went, uh, I got to record the audiobook well after, a couple months after it was released. And it's been in my hands, and I've seen some of these things I've been unhappy with. So the audiobook is like a second version of the book. I only get to hear it in my voice and how I kind of intended it to be read. But also I got to make some corrections, and I'm excited about that. Information when it comes out will be in your hands. Uh, the information will be. Uh, the audiobook you can choose to get or not. Uh, speaking of Star Wars, August 24th in my hometown... Royal Grande, California, at the Clark Center for the Performing Arts. I will be part of the Central Coast Film Society special evening a presentation of Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, August 24th, 6 p.m. Get your tickets. Go to the Clark Center website or go to centralcoastfilmsociety.org for more information. If you're local, Central California, or you want to take a little bit of a trip if you're California-based or wherever, um do it. It's going to be fun. We're going to watch the movie. You're going to have a VIP experience before. Uh, if you get VIP tickets, you get a copy of my book from Central, uh, courtesy of Central Coast Film Society. I'll be signing books. I'll be selling books on site and the exclusive posters by Janine Bryce. And then afterwards, do a Q&A and then we'll have some fun. We'll be in my hometown. It'll be a lot of fun. We'll be on the campus of my old high school. Be great. August 24th. Again, go to centralcoastfilmsociety.org for more information. That is it for this week. Lot of fun. All right. This is, this is, I love hanging out, chatting with y'all. It's, it's, a, it's a good thing, right? It's a good thing. All right. We'll see y'all next week. The Knapsack Five.